Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. It is the end of October. October, as y'all know, is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. October also is Halloween month. And October is also a bunch of other things, including Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So it's a lot of trauma going on in the world right now. So this podcast is about life, is about how people navigate their traumas, how people survive their traumas. Just letting you know that no matter how heavy it is, there's always someone out there who is a friend and who will listen to you if you just allow yourself. So today is no different. I have another wonderful Mokalicious brown sugar girl with me today. Her name is Samantha Sanders and she's going to share with us about suicide, of course. So thank you so much, Samantha. Good morning and welcome to Suicide Pages. Yes, and thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. I know this is not an easy topic. So the fact that I'm here being able to just share my experience with it is just uh, definitely an honor. I definitely have just dealt with clients who have committed suicide, but most closely is my aunt who has committed suicide. And it's interesting on how when we found out, nobody believed it. Um, no one in my family accepted it. It, um, They were just, it was a lot of questions because I know we would oftentimes see my aunt um, talk. I mean, she looked like she was down, but that she was like that for a long time. So we didn't think anything different at the time. And it just was, I remember getting the call. We were always my mother, it's my mother's sister. Um, We're from Trinidad. Trinidad and Tobago. So yeah, just seeing that. And uh, my mom is very uh, in her religion as far as Christianity. And so when we got the call, she made commit suicide, she just wouldn't accept it. She was like, no, because as we were taught when we were very conservative church was that Christ, you know, suicide is considered a sin, you know? And so is she didn't want to believe that. And I still think she still is just in her mind. It was like, no, she, she didn't do that. And even how it was detailed talked about on how she, 
you know, her daughter, uh, my cousin caught, was, went downstairs and saw her, you know, um, herself, my aunt hung, uh, how she hung herself, which was detrimental. And you could tell that her daughter, because the one who found her was, I mean, just her face, it was just, you could tell that she just was not dealing with it at all. Uh, and it was it was hard to deal with because no one knew exactly, no one talked about it. Nobody discussed it. You know, when I tried to talk to my mother about it, it was like, no, that didn't happen. That I, you know, refused to believe that, that she would do something like that. And so I guess in her mind, I mean, even during the funeral, no one even mentioned her. Even if you even, I think her, her oldest daughter did, but everyone was like, no, it just wasn't talked about. It was just like, oh, she died, you know, um, but they didn't, wouldn't say how, it just, she just died. So it was very interesting to witness on how my family dealt with this, this situation and still has not discussed it from this day on what happened. And even when I, you know, try to check on my cousins and I saw my cousin, one of her daughters and my other cousin, they still don't the her children don't speak about it so it's very kind of hard to see when these things happen and not understand there were signs there when they were telling me what was happening there were signs there as far as her giving a lot of her money away as you know like um giving it to her daughter like oh you, you take this you know i don't need it you just take it and different signs of of that and um just no one really thought anything of it because she was very private person as well. So she wouldn't really speak about those things. Wow. I just, I, you have already kind of started on such a, when I say the word high notes, I hope the listeners understand what I mean. Most people, when we start the podcast, they're like, well, so I am this and I am that. And my parents met and that, that, that. no, you went straight for the jugular and thank you for doing that. It is important as a physician and of course for you as a counselor that we peel layers fast. If you're gonna do it, just do it quick. You know, what you're gonna do, do quick. I think that's what Jesus said to, to Judas. You know, what you're gonna do, just do quick. I love that you just went straight and, and just uncovered this huge box. And I already have all kinds of questions because my first question is, do you know if your aunt had a history of trauma or a history of devastation or despair or anguish or emotional pain. That's one. And of course, I was going to ask you if you're a Catholic because I am, because you said the word sin. And I know in, in Catholic faith, oh my God, what? You're going to hell. You are going to hell. Never mind that none of us has died to see if, you know, who went to hell and who, no, we're going to hell. And then I wanted to know how has the silence affected you as an individual your niece no your cousins yeah your cousins and then of course your and their children which is the, you know your grand cousins so to say their own, which is your auntie's grandchildren and last but not least I wanted to just commend you for mentioning one critical symptom of suicidal ideation suicidal behavior which is giving away prized possessions. A lot of people, and because I, I'm a pediatrician, we, we look at, you know, they give away their, their favorite jacket and their favorite ball, but no, 
when they're giving away their money and their, you know, the land and, you know, which ideally should be done posthumously in your will, right? But no, you're doing it while you're alive. Okay, what's going on? So, geez, I know it's a lot of questions, but (laughs) you, you're welcome to... Ooh. Yes, I yes, I tried, yeah, I definitely wanted to go right into it because it's I don't, I'm not one of the types to kind of warm it up and then talk about it. Just kind of like say what's what's been going on and just how you know best to, so people can kind of like look out for different things. Um, so I guess the first question was I guess emotionally. Yes, the first question was you know was there a history of do you know if your aunt maybe had any issues you know she was was definitely very private i remember from the stories i hear i've heard is that that my uncle left my uncle was still in trinidad and never came i guess my aunt went to the states it came over to she's she was in maryland she came over to the states and he never came, so she'd have raised the children on her own. I don't know exactly. I know I don't remember seeing or hearing or anyone else after that came afterwards, because she was still married to him, even even though they've not been together for so many years. She was still married to him as when she decided to make that um, decision. And but that's from what I knew, and I knew that she, we would, my mother, and because um, she has two sisters and four brothers so my mom would call her maybe like once a week or once every other week and my aunt would then trying to think of your your next question was it like how it has affected them well i think at this point it's probably even fair for us to um i I think it's probably fair for us to even just just even to stop at that red light for a minute. So here's a woman, of course, you know, please may her so rest in peace. Yeah. But here's a woman, and it's important that, that we're talking about this because many people do not believe that one, black people, two, black women die by suicide. A friend of mine, her name is Princess, we call her princess. Her mom's name is Comfort. And she is the CEO of Comfort Foundation. And the only reason she started that foundation is about is because she her mother killed herself in Nigeria. And it's like, what? Yeah. But her mother was the the king or the chief's wife. Well, hence the, her daughter is a princess. Like literally, it's like incomprehensible. Wait, you are the chief's wife. You are the king's wife. You have everything that you need, so to say, except when it's emotional pain. You can't tell me if I'm if I'm in emotional pain. You don't know that I'm not. You don't know that I am. You are just assuming, right? But the fact that your aunt is black and a woman. And in America, because I didn't even know that little twist. So that means twist, right? That means she's an she's an immigrant. And I learned recently that there's something called there's apparently a high suicide rate amongst immigrants. Now, thinking about what's going on in America right now, it's easy to understand that when you think about it. But I didn't know antes that there was a thing like I think it was immigrant suicide or something. That was a name a name for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it makes sense thinking about racism alone without, you know, 
any extra help. So that just that's just important to say that. And you know, sadly, your uncle never came. And we as immigrants, we know that there are many reasons why people don't come. Maybe as a Nigerian, maybe he'd remarried, maybe he couldn't get his visa, who knows? But it's a it's a lot for someone to come to a strange country with children and having and have to raise the children by themselves. All of those things are stressors. So yes. it's, it's, it's suffice it to say that your aunt was definitely stressed out on many levels. And you know, people's resiliency is different. So how she decided to deal with it. how old were her kids, if I might ask, when this happened? Well, she's a lot older. So okay. for, I think my at the time, my cousin, he's like 30. Two, possibly 30, 32. Uh, older ones are like in their 40s, but they were a lot older. So, my okay. um, aunt was about, I want to say, in her early 70s. Okay, so she was older. She was older. She was older. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was older this is the first time in my life, in my 52 years, soon to be 52 year old life, that I've even heard about an elderly black woman. Now going back to my friend whose comfort, her mother was also older. Right. That's nice. Yes, a nice coincidence there as far as just knowledge based because there's a, there's a judge in New York that killed herself. I think her name was Judge Sherry or something. I think she was like in her mid fifties or something. Okay. But um, it's interesting to know that your auntie was in her seventies, wow. Wow, wow. I'm so sorry for your family for all this work. How is your mom doing right now, by the way? She's, oh, she's not living with it at all. She's not. Um, I mean, not yeah. Compartmentalizes in a box, in a nice little box somewhere. A nice little box and just kind of put it away. I don't even think I've seen her cry about it, which is very, because she, she found out about it. It just was like, oh, no, that didn't happen. So I don't know if she decided to right behind closed doors about it but she um didn't really show any emotion just was like i just i'm just not believing it um even to this day it's not talked about you know she does not bring it up um i remember at the funeral just kind of seeing yes the son and the daughter were affected and was just like we're in disbelief but like the one who found her you could tell how distressed distressed that she was and just how her demeanor was she was kind of slouching over and just she just felt just very blank in the face like she just wasn't present mm. and so, you know and people tried to reach out to her she hasn't you know responded so we just I know the brother and sister have been able to talk with her but you know this other family member she hasn't uh, responded to them so I'm hoping that she you know has good help because it's very important to be able when you're dealing with someone especially close to be able to get like either therapy coaching whatever it is that you need help with that that is a true statement two things you mentioned first of all your family automatically becomes a suicide survivor family. And we have a higher rate of suicide amongst families who are survivors for suicide loss, rather is what I always forget to put the word loss, suicide loss survivors. So the children, including, the, including your mom, her siblings, her husband, if he's still alive. But coming back to what you said about your mom, I think 
regardless of how your aunt died, we should still celebrate her life that she lived. And, I, and this is, of course, in a cone of safety because I'm not trying to, you know, I can't judge. But I think not talking about it at all almost erases her existence, which we know is she existed, you know? So what if it's okay to just talk about her? And this is me wearing my coach's hat. What if it's okay to just talk about her even if it's not about how she died, which is just one 0.000% of who she is or she, who she was, you know? It'll be interesting to know that, to, to see just how her daughter is thinking, because, you know, there's of course the grief process, right? Yeah, which which they may be, yeah, the denial is the first set of, it's the first, I think is the first part of grief process or whatever, so then denial, but, that's all part of the process. So maybe they're just going through the process. And one thing about grief is there's no time limit, you know, you could, you know, there's no time limit. Wow. So yeah. so yeah. So my, yeah, I believe she was in the denial process of it and you're right. So when we had the funeral, she definitely did just more celebrate kind of celebration, just what the things that she did do, you know, during that time. And it just was, you know, my, in the, my mother is a Christian, so we're from a Christian background, but was very conservative. That's why she mentioned like, okay, this, like different things we want to help for during this Christianity. Um, so where we just were within our church, I'm not saying everyone, every Christianity is like that, Christians like that. So yeah, and she did celebrate and just talked about the fun time she had with her and, you know, how she would bring over food and how they would really go over her house uh, all the time. So those things were talked about to kind of celebrate her life, which that was kind of the point of, I guess, to not talking about it. Only one person brought it up, which was her daughter um, who brought it up. The I think the grand, I guess which grand, their children, my cousin's children, mm-hmm. they have, and I don't, it's interesting. I'm not exactly sure how they exactly dealt with it. I don't believe they were really young as mm-hmm. well, about like seven or eight. it wasn't, I don't know if they would even remember. I know they probably remember her. And I think one of them came up to talk about how they would go over their grandma's house and, you know, and things like that. So it was a very, it was sweet, but also hurt as well. Just kind of how it, things happened, how we didn't get to say, you know, goodbye during that time and just nobody knew. So everyone was just like, oh, I wish I could. It's one of those, like, I wish I could have done this kind of like, like you know, um, after just surviving that. Like, why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I think of this? Or maybe I should have reached out more, you know, that kind of like, I guess that bargaining stage of like, I could have done something else. Yes. And I, and I know your mom probably, I don't know if, if she had other sisters. I don't know what the birth order was, but I know your mom probably blamed herself. Your mom is the oldest? My, my aunt. Your aunt. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's good to know. And I'm happy that, you know, people are talking. I think what I'll say is just, what if it's okay for your mom to just deal with it the way that she can? Because she's probably not also too young and is dangerous to make her not deal with it the way she wants to deal with it. You know, you and I know because we, psychology, we know that talking about it will probably help. But um, I, I don't know, how how are you doing with it, with 
with communicating with your mother? Are you, is it just like a taboo to bring up the topic at all? Or have you ever tried to, you know, try. coming on this podcast? Did you maybe tell your mom, oh, I'm going to be going on a podcast? Or I'd be talking about it. She's, she's also private, right? Mm. She's also very private about her things. I mean, my family is just the Caribbean, like just that side of my family is very just kind of private when it comes to family matters, which a mm-hmm. lot of Black people are like that. So I've dealing with, it was really hard to deal with, I would say for me, only because my mom wasn't very open with talking about it, right? It wasn't very open of like, okay, how was she? Or my mom is just, because even when it comes because uh, we lost my, she lost her sister last year. We lost my father within the same year, her husband over like 47 years. So she, so I think just all that. Yeah. So all that um, just having to deal with was a lot. So I try to speak about it or like, mom, are you okay? But she's not very forthcoming with her emotions. You just have to catch her in the moment. There's only few moments I can even remember even catching her when it even came to my father, just catching her a few moments where she's thinking about him or things like that, but just outright talking about it. It's very kind so, of. So your aunt was just last year. This like literally is fresh. Mm-hmm. Was, oh my goodness. Your poor mother. And then her husband in the same year. November. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'm sorry about your dad's loss, the loss of your dad. And, um, oh, goodness, it's not even a year yet, really, for your dad. So that means next, this month, which, I mean, next month for your mom is going to be very touch and go. Oh, yes. um, do you live close to your mother? Are you able to see her physically with all this craziness going on with yes. the COVID? Yes. Um, so she still mm-hmm. comes and it's with I, mean, I try to make her because it's one of the things that I try to do especially with her sister and she's connected more with her older sister during this time mm-hmm. which is good her other sister um, they have been really talking every day and connecting more since they're the only sisters now mm-hmm. and so it just it just shows just having a support system you know if you deal with that you know and it's just very important to to have and if you don't have a support system you know something that I did when dealing with all this is go to a grief group you know I'm even though therapy was great but just attending a grief group with other people who are dealing with the same issues is and having that like just feeling like you're not alone in this was very you know um, vital in just the healing process it's funny you said that because generally towards the end of my podcast, I always ask the people, you know, what words of advice do you have? So you already kind of took us into that, which is which almost every guest on my podcast talks about the power of connection and connecting and support. And so many all the ways you can spell support and connection is what everyone says. Reach out. You're not alone. All of those are usually the phrases that I use. So there was this like a Facebook obviously I'm sure it's virtual because of you know where we are in the world right now but was it like oh, a Facebook? I went in um it was called grief shares so, which is all around the world so it's not hmm. like just in my area you and it's called it. grief shares share so g-r-i-e-f-s-h-a-r-e hmm. and it's all around so sometimes in churches sometimes in just different hmm. areas where it's not exclusively about God in a way if someone doesn't believe. It's just people are coming in and 
just being able to go through this grieving process together, which really helped me a lot explain kind of the different emotions that you would be feeling, you know, um, which really helped with just understanding, okay, so some people, I know one of the biggest things I got with me was that during the first month, I mean, during the first year, you might not feel it as much. And just, it's like, okay, come on with life. But when that close to this year is hitting, this is when I'm really feeling it you know, and how it's just so complex, you know, and, and there's no just normal way of healing at all or going through mm-hmm. it and it just will come up randomly and just allowing it to and not fighting it. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Allowing it to and not fighting it. I'm going to put that as a quote. That is a, just to sit in it for a minute. Yeah, and honestly, I can only imagine how tough this year has been for your family because your dad barely died before the new years and then we had this covid and we can't see and then the political unrest and racism and george floyd and oh my mm. Mm -hmm. of course i have to ask you how you're doing yeah um truthfully I'm, I'm not going to sit there and try to think I'm okay. I, I wasn't okay. You know, I had to take a like time off of work and I just had to, but I really, the thing is I had to listen to myself, which I feel a lot of people don't do. Listen to myself to say, okay, I'm kind of getting a little more irritated than I usually would be. I'm not the person that I usually am. Let me go take some rest figure out what's going on with me. And then I didn't really know what was happening until I took the rest and I was like, mm, grief, this is what's happening. You know, I'm thinking about my dad a lot more, you know, since things are, I don't have as much distraction as I once did. And just having that time to really think, okay, this is really affecting me right now. And it's happening a year later. It's not that it's happening just within the first month. So yeah, it's, yes. it's been really challenging. Yes, bless your heart. And yeah. you know, if I didn't say thank you before, I'm definitely now just hearing more. And I like to go into these interviews, honestly, not knowing much. Yours was unusual because I sent you that email this morning. I read it. I usually, even though I want people to, I want you to sign up for the podcast because I want you to have a story to tell. But I generally don't look at the stories because I don't want to, already like know it. I need to react the way I would react if I didn't know. And I I need that because my listeners haven't heard your story before. So I try not to jade myself, but because of the little snafu with the link, I read about it. I was like, oh, but anyway, it it was okay. I just wanted to know that people are indeed answering the questions for all it's worth. But I want to say thank you for coming and talking about such a difficult topic Really, it's a stack of things that have happened in a really rapid succession for your family. And you being able to do this, it's just, um, I'm just in awe. Yeah, it, um, it definitely, I mean, what, I mean, like two days ago, I was crying my eyes out. So it's not like it's, I'm not going to sit and say like, oh, I'm every day I'm, I'm okay. You know, I mean, I definitely was just, and then I, but what I do is just, you know, um, I would distract myself constantly. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't keep distracting myself. I can't keep doing that because it's going to come out in other areas. It came out in, my, you know, relationships with kind of blocking other people or, you know, for being close or, 
you know, doing those different things because I wasn't addressing the grief. I wasn't addressing what was going on and how I was feeling and, you know, um, someone who was very important in my life and not dealing with it. And especially with my aunt, I mean, I just, just, we just kept going, 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 going because you felt like it was easier until pandemic kind of shut you down and (laughs) life catches up with you. And And then with the work that you do, you have also had to deal with families who have lost family members to suicide. So so that's almost also, I guess, potentially a reminder. So I want to know how are you, how do you show up every day in in your authenticity and of course vulnerability and not letting it overwhelm you, so to say. Are you open with your clients? Do you you share your own story maybe so they can at least know that you have some kind of connection with them? Uh, I... I'm working better with that uh, because at the time I don't, I still, I notice I still have within me, my, my background, my family, right. We're still very private people when it comes to certain things and when it comes to family matters. So I try to be open with, you know, if someone mentions it um, about if it's relatable, I would mention it, but you know, I don't talk about it too much. I definitely, I think do what my mother does, you know, which is carpenter mentalized which caught up with me after a while yeah but also but actually what I think one of the, the best things about what you said is by not taking by not yeah you can if it if it's resonates with you yeah talk about it but also you're not taking over right. and therefore not allowing them mm-hmm. right and then also still being able to be present as their counselor and as their therapist and as the one that they can go to so even without mentioning it I'm sure your own story strengthens that ability to show up every day I, I'm, I'm I, once you get over it oh absolutely I'm not not getting over that's not what I, that's not what but, I, I mean because it's like but the thing what I what I heard was really profound which I just learned really last week when talking with um, a consultation from, I'm really working on, on acceptance and commitment therapy. So one of my consultation per, um, person said to me was that pain is not shameful, right? And so- That is powerful. Shame around pain when pain is where your values are. You know, pain and value are one, and it's intertwined and we don't, and I didn't really see it until she mentioned it where, I was like, you know what? I have to feel this pain because this is someone I value. This is someone I really cared for. Someone that was with me and a value family. So of course it's going to cause so much pain in my life and just sit there with it, which is, it was so uncomfortable. I'm not going to sit there and say it wasn't. I know. I can't even, you know, ironically, before we start the podcast for everyone, except today because of the snafu with the link. I always say, get your drink and get your tissue. Like that's usually what I say before I start recording. And I didn't say it today. And then you have like, I think of most of the people that I've spoken with, you have like the most recent of the pains. And oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um, But I really, you know, my big thing is to show up kind of authentically. This is what's happening. I'm not going to, you know, say sugarcoat and, think like, oh, everything's great. And they said, I did these steps and did the coping skills and eat because it's not always cookie cutter, right? It's not always healing is, it's not a linear, it's just all over the place sometimes. I mean, one minute I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm over, I'm, I'm good. I'm over it. And the next minute I'm 
crying and can't get out. Like <laughs> can't get out. I can imagine. Do you have children or maybe a significant other? Two young boys, six and four. So at least you have a, some form of distraction for all this work, yeah. right? I do have a distraction which, you know, lasted me a while. You know, my distractions and of course everything that was happening, you know, my distraction, it was quite a bit, but then life was like, uh-uh, you need to sit down with this. Like, uh-huh. It's starting to really just affect your relationships, letting people in, because it will affect other people that way and not even realize it, where yes. you're not able to really be present in these relationships or worried about, oh, how did, I can't love someone like this again. I don't want to be felt like yeah, hurt again. And that hurt. Um, and having those walls up and not even realize it subconsciously. So having to just be able to, okay, remember what this person meant for me and to know that they're still within me and it's it's still a process mm, i love that when you say that within me i always remember the the um, lion king song he lives in you he, he watches over you and and everything you do and and just that that i don't know for some reason when you said within me that just reminded me of that that's my favorite song of all the um of all the lion king songs he lives in you and he watches over you everything you do and it's just such a powerful song and indeed indeed if you can if you can for all this what i know my listeners i know i just know that you just i i I can't it takes a lot for me to have no words that's a very unusual day in my life when i have no words yeah it's um it's definitely something that you know just continue to work at and to not judge myself if I do have a day where you know I feel like I need a good I need a good cry to not judge myself for it to be able to still know that you know just because I'm still feeling the pain doesn't make it anywhere because it feels even though it's far away it still feels like it just was yesterday yeah so wow geez Samantha, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I really do thank you. Can, can you tell us where the listeners can, can find you and, and come and share in some of the goodness that I know you offer in your, in your counseling? Yes, um, I, they can find me at, either on Instagram, I am Samantha.a or uh, my website, movingbeyondyou.org which is M-O-V-I-N-G-B-E-Y-O-N-D-Y-O-U.org. Yes, I got it. I got it. And that is, your, is that your website? That's my website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're mostly on IG? Uh-huh. I am Samantha.A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And for those of you listening, I'm just going to just say real quick, you need a support system and find these folks called grief share i never heard about them before that's amazing or just finding a grief group and i know in facebook now thank thankfully and <laughs> sorry i have two parakeets that whenever i start speaking they start speaking for some reason so forgive me but who thank you thank you so much this was really this was really worth it for me and i love of course the quotes pain is shameful and then I think you said allow it and, and sit in it or something just just kind of let it just kind of stay with it for a minute and just yeah. and I think maybe more importantly also is to note 
how you are, where you are when you're in that zone and be okay with Right, being okay. But okay is hard to just accept it, but it's just not, not judging yourself for it. So not- yeah, you said that too. You said continue to work on it and not judge myself for it. Right. That's powerful. Well, y'all, this has been real. It's been real. This is Dr. Lulu, AKA the momatrician. I know once upon a time, I think it was my wife that asked me, said, how do you listen to all these stories? And, and I said, because I leave it in the podcast. I leave it in the podcast and I know our stories need to be told and I can't, I don't have enough, enough, enough shoulders to carry. So I just, I just leave it in the podcast. So Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you know that Samantha came today and she left it here. And hopefully you've learned a thing or two and not judging yourself and allowing yourself to be. And with all the things that have happened in the last several months and then to add that to what they in their family have had to deal with and she's still standing today, that is power right there. And so we're sending love and light and balance and peace and joy to your family today, Samantha. With me and all of my listeners from Guatemala and wherever they are, we're sending you joy and peace and balance and love and light and oh my goodness and the birds also. <laughs> yeah, really Thank you so much. So this is Dr. Lulu, aka the Marmatrician, turned motivational life coach. So check me out at calendly.com right after you check out. Samantha on the IG, I am Samantha.a, and I have her website, Moving Beyond You, which is amazing because that's what coaching is about. Coaching is about moving forward, yes. moving beyond this, what's happening today, yeah, and seeing the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Dot org. Okay. All right, folks. Woo. So long. Farewell. I'll see you all in the next episode. Toodles. Samantha, say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Lulu. I just wanted to take a moment to wish you guys a very, very, very happy holidays. I know some say Merry Christmas. Some say happy holidays. Don't judge me, right? I'm going to go with happy holidays because I want to summarize the Christmas as well as the New Year's. But more importantly, I wanted to say if you can hear my voice, if you can hear my voice today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I want you to take a moment to look up into the sky and just offer thanks. It has been a very trying year. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of loss, too much loss. But even in all of the clouds, there's still a silver lining. The silver lining is that you are here today, living, breathing, and able to hear my voice. So for that, let us give thanks. Let us hold space for each other, hold space for ourselves, and just say thank you. So this episode drops on the day before Christmas. I want to say thank you for everything, for the blessings of listening to me all year long. I could not ask for a better, more loyal audience, but you guys have been there for me through thick and thin. When I'm crying and when I'm happy, when I'm sad and when I'm jumpy, when I'm energetic and when I'm not, thank you all so much. So 
If you're listening to me and you are a woman and you are an immigrant in a country where you live, I want you to send me an email to askdrlulu at gmail.com. I am publishing, putting together an anthology and going to publish it in the first quarter of next year, an anthology of women immigrants. I want us to share our stories, to share our love and our journeys and our adventures and the ups and downs of how we found ourselves where we are today. So if you are a woman and you can hear my voice and you're an immigrant, or if you know a woman who fits that bill, send me an email, tell me who they are and I'll contact them or have them contact me. I'm working on an anthology. It is so exciting. Finally, we're going to get something good that we can hold on to out of this year that has been so crazy. Again, I want to wish you and your family and everyone who's dear to you and those who are not a very happy and safe holidays. Remember, you are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. This is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Marmatrician. Merry Christmas. Bye. Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book. You're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job, but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm. You might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year. And I'm open to accept clients and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and grab yourself a free 45 minute session. And I'll see you on the inside.